Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is our episode today. I am delighted you are with me, and I thank you for tuning in. God bless you today. We are in the book of Revelation, and I'd like to read to start us off with in Revelation chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 2 through 8. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 2 says this, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. We're going to stop there for today as we look at these other descriptions that John gives us from what he saw. And what we want to talk about today will set the stage for some other things coming in the future because we're introduced here to these four living creatures for the first time in the book of Revelation, not the first time in the scriptures. But we are introduced to them the very first time in the book of Revelation. So we want to look at these creatures. We also want to discuss this other element that he gives us, this sea of glass. So first of all, let's remember that in Revelation chapter 4, we are beginning the future events. So we want to handle this with care and respect for all. So we want to look at what the scriptures tell us and glean from that all the information and, and blessing that we can because this is a book that carries its own blessing. We covered that when we began this study. We saw how chapter 1 was what John saw, the risen Lord. Chapters 2 and 3 are the churches or the church age. Chapter 4 begins the future events, and that's where we are now. We looked at chapter 4, verse 1, and the fact that it's a transition verse, and very possibly the verse that, one of the verses that tell us from the scriptures that there is a pre-trib rapture of the church. Then in verses 2 through 5, we looked at the glorious throne of God, the God who sits there and his glory, and we covered the 24 thrones and the 24 elders. 
So now we're moving into verse 6 through 8. And John tells us he sees before the throne or in the front of the throne, he sees the sea of glass like crystal. It looks to him like a sea. It seems to be almost a transparent, like a floor, I suppose, perhaps. Transparent in front of God's throne. It looks like crystal. In other words, it, it almost looks like clear ice or frost, or it has an icy, like a frozen, icy lake imagery to John from the word that's used, yet it seems to be perhaps transparent. We see this sea again in Revelation chapter 15, and we will cover it again when we get there and look at what's happening there with this sea and on this sea. Then John begins to describe these four living creatures that he sees. Some versions of the Bible read beasts, that is, not the best translation. In the book of Revelation, there are primarily two Greek words that are used for beast or for creatures. One is therion, and it means a raging or ravenous beast, a savage animal, a wild or dangerous animal. That is not what is spoken of here. This is not the Greek word used here. The Greek word used here for these living creatures is the word zoon or zoon. And it literally just means a living, breathing animal. It's from, it's the word from which zoo comes. Zoology is the study of the animals, study of zoo animals, living animals and breathing animals. That is what's used here. So the best translation really is living creature, not beast. But some translations do say beast in your Bible. If you believe in writing or highlighting, you might make a note that it really means living creatures. So there are four of them described here. And John tells us that they are full of eyes. He tells us about their appearance. He says that these eyes have, are in the front of them and in the back. So in other words, it's, it's like their, their whole head. You can see these eyes all in them, all around them, within them. He says their appearance is similar to these four things. Very interesting. He describes these. He says their face and their appearance is like a lion, a calf, a man, and a flying eagle. Now those will tie to another scripture we will look at shortly. John describes these and says that each one of them has six wings. They are full of eyes around and within, and they do not stop. They do not cease. They have no intermission, no rest, day or night, crying out this cry, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. It is a worship cry to God, the great I am. The one who was, who is, and who is to come is the I am. He is the same God that appeared unto Moses in Exodus and said, 
When Moses asked him, he said, what is your name? Who do I tell him sent me? And he says, God says, tell him I am that I am. I am that I am. God is always the I am. He is what he was. He is what he is now. And he is what he will be. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And notice they cry, holy, 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 three times. We serve a three-in-one God. We call him the Trinity or the triune God. That's how it's referred to meaning the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, in the beloved Shema of the Jewish people, he refers to himself, El Akkad, or Adonai Akkad, the one who is one, but a unified one, one unified in his diversity. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I would like to possibly end this message today with a short clip from another message that I have done where I've looked at this cry, and I believe you will be blessed by that and see something very beautiful in it. These four living creatures, this is a strange sight for us, a strange description, but we have other scriptures that will help us understand this. We actually have two Old Testament witnesses that also saw these creatures in this throne room and can tell us more about them. So the two are Isaiah and Ezekiel, and I want us to look at those now. I'd like to read in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, and with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So Isaiah sees these creatures in and around and above the throne of God when he sees the Lord high and lifted up. Ezekiel sees these creatures also. Ezekiel mentions them in a couple of places in his book. But I want to read today, beginning in chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. And Ezekiel is writing this while in the Babylonian captivity. He tells us that clearly in verses 1 through 3. He was one of the captives in Babylon, and he tells us he's writing this. This appeared to him by the river Shabar. So let's begin the reading in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 4. Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself, and brightness was all around it and radiating out of its midst, like the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. 
Each one had four faces and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides and each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side, each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, their wings stretched upward, two wings of each one touched one another, two wings of each one touched one another, and two covered their bodies, and each one went straight forward. They went wherever the Spirit wanted to go, and they did not turn when they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning, and the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. Now as I looked at the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature with its four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl, and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their workings was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they moved, they went toward one of four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. As for their rims, they were so high, they were awesome, and their rims were full of eyes all around the four of them. When the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them, and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Wherever the Spirit wanted to go, they went because there the Spirit went, and the wheels were lifted together with them, for the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When those went, these went. When those stood, these stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up together with them, for the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. The likeness of the firmament above the heads of the living creatures was like the color of an awesome crystal stretched out over their heads. And under the firmament, their wings spread out straight, one toward another. Each one had two which covered one side, and each one had two which covered the other side of the body. When they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of many waters, like the voice of the Almighty, a tumult, like the noise of an army. And when they stood still, they let down their wings. A voice came from above the firmament that was over their heads. Whenever they stood, they let down their wings. And above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire stone. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. Also, from the appearance of his waist and upward, I saw, as it were, the color of amber with the appearance of fire all around it, and from the appearance of his waist and downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around. 
like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard a voice of one speaking. Ezekiel is describing this in chapter 1 in great detail for us. And it's amazing how the details from Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Revelation match. Ezekiel mentions their wings. He sees four that he considers the wings, but he also mentions the two above them. He mentions the, the feet that are underneath their wings in their body area. So they're all seeing these four living creatures, Ezekiel, Isaiah, and John, and they all concur in their revelation of these creatures. And so they give us these details. Now notice this, Isaiah has his vision somewhere in the neighborhood of 750 BC. Ezekiel has his vision somewhere in the neighborhood of 590 to 571 BC. And John sees his vision in 95 AD. So over some span of about 850 years, we have three people giving witness to this same thing, and the details are so matching perfectly, including even the appearance of the likeness of these creatures, as well as the appearance of the throne, the crystal transparent glass type C that both mention, Ezekiel calls it like a firmament, the details are phenomenal. That's because they are under the inspiration of the Spirit of the Living God, seeing the same thing and being able to give witness to it. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that through the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. God operates by that principle, and in His Word, He establishes the truth of a matter through the mouth of two or three witnesses. Here we see three, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and John. Also notice that they mention the appearance of these being four things, lion, a calf, or an ox in one of their cases, same thing, man, and an eagle, these four. So they see these four creatures and describe them the same. Some people see the similarities with these four descriptions being with the four Gospels, the authors of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that may be something worthy of a different study. Maybe that's something that you'd like to research yourself. Some see similarities with the four leading clans of the Jewish tribes of Israel. In other words, the four sides or the four standards. I want to explore this with you a little bit because it's, it's key and there's something very beautiful in it. In the book of Numbers chapter 2, I want to read the first two verses of this chapter in Numbers chapter 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Every one of the children of Israel shall camp by his own standard. Beside the emblems of his father's house, they shall camp 
some distance from the tabernacle of meeting. And then I want to just jump down and read you the final two verses of that chapter. And it says this, verse 33, But the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Thus the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they camped by their standards, and so they broke camp, each one by his family, according to their father's houses. Now, in Numbers chapter 2, it's speaking of the encampment that God gave them, the instructions for camping and living with the tabernacle in their center, in the center of them, and they were to camp around it, and God had specific instructions for that. Then, whenever it was time for them to move and break camp and move somewhere else, these also included the instructions partially for them to move. They were told in, in Numbers, in these early chapters of Numbers, exactly how they were to move and who was to be the leading clans and the leading tribes and the order in which all of the tribes and the tabernacle and the Levites and everyone was to move. So God had a specific order. Now, why is this important? Well, let's look and see. Each tribe had a emblem, had an ensign or a standard, they call it. It was a like a beacon or a flag. It designated the camp, the tribe that was associated with that, and the marching units through the wilderness. Each was designated to pitch and camp near the tabernacle, with the tabernacle of Moses being in the center of the entire camp. And in the midst of the camp, also near the tabernacle, were the Levites to camp. And then the other tribes were to camp out on the outskirts after the Levites, but they all had designated areas. Now, when they made the camp, they could not camp on the corners because God instructed them to camp on the east side, on the south side, on the west side, and on the north side. If they camped in the corners, it would be mixing two sides. For instance, if they camped in the corner between the south and the east, it would be camping in the southeast. It would not be the exact pattern. This comes into play, and it's a very beautiful depiction when we look at it a little bit later, and I will mention that in a moment. But each had a designed place that they were designated to camp on the four sides. And they had their specific designated area in the east, the south, the west, and the north. They had specific leaders chosen for those tribes. And when they were moving, they had the order that we discussed a moment ago. So the four leaders and the tribal leaders and those tribes were led by these four standards. The first one who was to position himself and live and pitch their tents on the east side was led by Judah. And Nashon, who is an ancestor of Jesus, who's from the tribe of Judah, he was the leader of that particular clan and that particular group. So the first one was Judah on the east side and his emblem and the animal or the image associated with his emblem and his flag 
so to speak, his standard, was the lion, which is why Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And we will see that as a designated reference to him also in the book of Revelation. The second one that was a leader, and this is all coming from Numbers chapter 2, you can read it. The second leader was from the tribe of Reuben, the second one. And Reuben was to have his group encamp in the south. And the leader for him was Eliezer, Eliezer. I can't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the names right. That's okay. And the emblem and the standard that he bore was the face of a man. It was the emblem of a man. The third one, which was to camp on the west side, was Ephraim and those tribes with him. And the leader there was Elishama, and he, his emblem, his standard, held an ox. And then the fourth one was Dan, and the leader of Dan was Ahazar, and he was to camp, he and his group were to camp in the north. And his sign, his image in the emblem was an eagle. How perfectly do these match? The lion, the man, the ox, and the eagle. Now, the placement of these, as I mentioned a moment ago, they could not place on the corners. They had to place north, south, east, and west. You can go through numbers in these early chapters, in, in, especially here in chapter 2, and you can add up the totals of the encampments on each of these sides. And it's glorious when you see it, because when you experience this from an aerial view, what you see is the cross of Jesus. You see the cross imagery in the very placement of where they were to live and dwell around the tabernacle. It is in the shape of a cross. It's beautiful. And if I can, I will put up a picture of that as a part of this for you or perhaps have it in some form or some fashion. I may even do another message on that particular thing to show you that. But when you add up the numbers and you put them in their place around the tabernacle, you see the form of a cross when it's looked at from above, an aerial view, the shape of a cross. Beloved friend, the cross was never, ever, ever an afterthought. It was always every single thing from Genesis through all of the prophets was pointing to Jesus. And everything in the Word of God is all about Jesus. He is the one to be worshipped. Always, praise be to God. The Old Testament pointed to Jesus. And now in this Revelation worship service, which is what I like to call Revelation chapter 4 and 5, we're going to see the prominence of this. And so these four living creatures are constantly, day and night, crying out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who is and was and is to come. Praise be to God. Several years ago, 
I was reading about the angels and I was thinking about the angels and how before the throne they cry out, holy, holy, holy. The Bible tells us continuously, day and night, they are crying out, holy, holy, holy. And I wondered about that one day. And I have an idea that the Lord gave, that I think the Lord gave me about this. Because I was, I was questioning and I thought, now Lord, why do they say that? I mean, to me, it would seem like a mindless chant if just all day long, every day, you're going around and you're saying the same three words over and over and over and over and over. And I didn't understand fully the grasp of it. But the Lord was showing me that it's not a mindless chant. It's a meaningful rhema cry every time they say it. And I'll tell you why. It's because, and the Lord asked me this question back. He said, what happens at my throne? And I thought about that for a minute. And then I began to realize God is active. He is always doing something. So he is always saving somebody. Or he is always setting somebody free from an addiction. Or he is always healing somebody. Or he is always giving comfort and encouragement to a person who's downtrodden. He is lifting up and strengthening those who are weak. He is an active God, and he is doing something every second, constantly, constantly working. And so every time they say it, they're crying out and magnifying him because his name is higher. His name is to be set apart. His name is special and representative of the special things that he is doing every time they say it. And I saw it then, and I realized, man, they can't get out one holy before he's done something else that warrants the next one and the next one and the next one. Wow. He is constantly working on your behalf and on my behalf, always. And his name is to be honored because it is holy. It is set apart, special. Hallelujah. I pray that this has been a blessing to you as we continue moving through the book of Revelation piece by piece so that we understand these building blocks, so to speak, that John is giving us and then the whole of the picture and how it all comes together in the end. This is the book that carries that special blessing, and we want to be blessed in reading, hearing, and keeping it, applying it, and honoring God's Word. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.